Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Marinero, the sick podcast, at the end of the Montreal Canadiens season at their year-end presser, Mark Bergevin was asked his status with the Montreal Canadiens. He's in the final year of his contract, which will be at the end of the 21-22 season. And he said, I will honor the final year of my contract. That's it. That's all. His answer took a lot of people by surprise. And I would imagine it took Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette by surprise as well. Stu, how you doing? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you very much. The Sick Podcast, the show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia. Beyond organic sleep. Stu, if people were falling asleep at that presser, the second Mark Bergevin said that, they quickly woke up. How much did his comments take you by surprise? They did, although I wrote a column afterwards. I mean, Mark Bergevin at that uh, Zoom conference looked totally exhausted, and understandably so with everything he's gone through this year uh, between the team starting off well and struggling and trades and injuries and the, the crazy run to the Stanley Cup final. He looked like a guy who needed two weeks on a beach somewhere just to, to relax. And maybe after two weeks on a beach, he might think differently about whether he wanted to come back or not. But the other thing I keep thinking about is that Chicago Blackhawks situation with that sex abuse scandal. And, you know, Mark Bergevin was the director of player development at the time. And as this story continues to proceed, I wonder how much Mark Bergevin's name might come up. And maybe if that's in the back of his mind, also thinking maybe after one more year, it might be time for him to go. And it also could be a negotiating thing with with Jeff Molson. Also, maybe he wants uh, more money, more term. Uh, so it was surprising. Uh, but again, nine years on the job for Mark Bergevin and, you know, arguably the most pressure packed job there is in this city. There's no other job. I don't think where everybody criticizes every single move or decision uh, you make, apart from maybe the premier of the province. Uh, and it looked like it had gotten to him. It looked like it had worn him down. And maybe he's looking to do something different uh, after this year. Saying that you know, the thought of him going in as a lame duck GM uh, can be a bit concerning. But on the other hand, if he's already spoken with Jeff Molson and let it be known uh, that this is going to be his last year as GM, it gives Jeff Molson time to look for a replacement without having to rush. Uh, so I think that is a good thing in the end, if that is, in fact, the case. I don't know if it's a negotiating tactic because he's been on the job since, I believe, May 2nd of 2012, so just over nine years. He got to the Stanley Cup final. He was a GM of the year finalist, uh, finished second in the voting. Um, you take a look at those who probably um, have the prerequisites to be the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. The list is probably not overly lengthy. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who has more experience than him. We know that him and Jeff Molson are very tight. You would think that Jeff Molson has liked the job that Mark Bergevin has done. Jeff Molson did not replace Mark Bergevin when things went less well with the Montreal Canadiens. So I would think that Jeff Molson would give Mark Bergevin whatever he wanted in terms of term and in terms of salary. So I don't know what it is, but this is what I want to do. I want to ask you, 
Should Mark Bergevin not return as general manager of the Montreal Canadiens at the end of the upcoming season, who will be the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens? Knowing that other candidates can probably pop up between now and then, but I put together a list of six names that I want to throw out there right now, and we'll go through them individually. Cool? Yep. Pat Brisson. Martin Brodeur, Mathieu Dash, Pierre Maguire, Stéphane Quintal, and Patrick Roy. So, um, let's start with Pat Brisson. From uh, Valleyfield, Quebec, if I'm not mistaken, played his junior hockey here from La Belle Province, Super agent extraordinaire, number one in the National Hockey League, top 10 in all of sport in terms of most influential agents out there. That says a lot considering uh, the people that are out there in that category. Um, partner, of course, of uh, Creative Artists Agency, uh, one of the top agencies in the world. Does Pat Brisson leave that? To become a general manager? It's a good question. Uh, he's definitely qualified for the position. Uh, bilingual, which is at the top of the list when it comes to Jeff Molson, and he's made that very clear with his GM and his coach. He wants him to be able to speak English and French. Um, so much experience in the business world, so many contacts throughout the league. Uh, he's dealt with every single GM in the league and agents and everybody else. So he's definitely got the background and the ability. We've seen player agents in the past uh, become GMs of teams and be very successful. Uh, go back to the Quebec Nordique days. Uh, so I think Pierre uh, Lacroix, Pierre Lacroix, exactly. Pierre Lacroix built in uh, in Colorado, also. So <clears throat> excuse me, you're seeing Bill Zito now. Yep. So it's you know so much of the GM job is a business background, uh, especially now with the salary cap world. And I don't think there's there's very few people out there who know how the salary cap works better than uh, you know, better than him. So he would definitely be he would definitely be. Uh, at the top or near the top of my list. He wouldn't be on my number one guy. I'll tell you who would be afterwards. Uh, but Pat Brisson would definitely uh, yeah. checks all the boxes, right? If you're Jeff Molson, he checks every single box that, uh, that you're looking for. And would he leave? Now, being Well, why don't we do this too? Why don't we go with guys that uh, check all the boxes or don't check the boxes? We'll go through them all. And in the end, I want to hear who your pick's going to be. Like okay. you said, you'll hear who my pick's going to be. In the meantime, it's the sick podcast. I'm Marinero. Sophistication, event rentals, live music, DJs, sound systems, tents, chairs, tables, decor, lighting, photo booth, TV screens, your one-stop shop for a party or a get-together in Montreal, 514-570-5770. I'll just simply say this. You're right. Wealth of experience, contacts around the league, fully bilingual, understands the history and the culture of the Montreal Canadiens, has a great relationship with other agents, more importantly, has a great relationship around the league with other general managers, knows the National Hockey League and the CBA like the back of his hand. I'll agree with you that Pat Brisson checks all the boxes. Martin Bradar, does he check all the boxes? Uh, not as much so as Pat Brisson, but uh, definitely qualified also. I wonder if, if Brodeur would want the scrutiny of coming to Montreal. Now, here's a guy who played his career in New Jersey, uh, a superstar there, but you know, could go out for dinner and some restaurants and probably not be recognized. 
Uh, I wonder if he might be more interested in sticking in New Jersey uh, or, or somewhere else where, where the spotlight might not be so bright, uh, just the way you follow his career and how he was so happy to stay in New Jersey. I mean, there's a statue of him outside the arena in New Jersey. Um, so qualified, yes, former player, obviously, like contacts all around the league, ha- has had some experience now on the business end of the game, uh, obviously has a good hockey IQ for for spotting talent and, and finding talent. Uh, so I think, you know, another guy, he checks the boxes. Uh, but I wonder from Brodeur's perspective, if he would want to come and live through everything that you live through as GM with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, I'm guessing or he would maybe prefer to do that in another market, but I don't know Martin Brodeur. I've met him only a couple of times. Uh, so I'm just speculating on that. Worked on the business side and hockey ops side for the Philadelphia Flyers and now with the New Jersey Devils. You know, before I said that Pepriso checked all the boxes, and I'm going to get to Martin Brodeur, uh, I want to take it back, actually. I don't think that Brisson does check all the boxes. I'm not so sure that Brodeur checks all the boxes because checking all the boxes maybe would mean working pretty much in every facet that you can in the National Hockey League. Now, uh, take a look at Mark Bergevin, who was an assistant general manager, who was a scout, who was an assistant coach, who was involved in scouting, uh, that's probably more so checking all the boxes. But Brodeur obviously has a ton of experience for sure and does check a lot of boxes. One box Matthew, is experience as a GM. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Darsh. I like Matthew Darsh. Uh, I really have a lot of respect for Matthew Darsh. I've, I've spoken with him numerous times. Uh, just before COVID and the NHL season was shut down last year, I was in Tampa. I sat down for about a 25-minute interview with him and did a column on him. Uh, you know, McGill background, business background. Uh, when he retired from the game, he went into the business world, was a successful businessman, uh, you know, knows the minors. You know, his hockey career, he's played at every single level, uh, bilingual, intelligent, uh, really well respected. I don't think you'll have, ever hear anybody say a bad word uh, about Matthew Darsh. Uh, he was reluctant uh, when he was offered the job in Tampa to leave only because of his family situation. He had boys who were in high school and uh, you know worrying about uprooting them and pulling them away from their friends and everything else. But he's very, very, very happy in Tampa working under his buddy uh, Julian Brisebois. His family has adjusted to life there. They're very happy. But as I mentioned before with Martin Brewer, I'm not sure if he would want the spotlight coming back to be GM of the Montreal Canadiens, I'm positive that Matthew Darsh would. I think he would jump at that job if it was offered to him. Uh, what a learning ground under Julian Brisebois. I mean, I thought Julian Brisebois should have been GM of the year last year yeah. uh, instead of Lou Lamorello. Uh, but a great way to learn, uh, great experience. And when I spoke with Matthew Darsh last year, he said that Julian Brisebois has him involved in every single thing that he's working on like he's learning every single thing that a gm does and needs to learn how to do to be a gm so again he doesn't check the box of having experience as a gm but he's been julian brisebois right hand man the team's won the stanley cup the last two years in a row uh very and the other thing about matthew darsh is he's calm one of the things about mark bergeway i think there's times that uh, he lets things get personal when it comes to contract negotiations you go back to pk you go back to patcheretti radulov uh situations that didn't end well uh, I think Matthew Darsh has a better ability to separate business and, and, and friendship or whatever, just like realizing it's a business side to the business and not making it personal. Uh, and I think that's a, a real key thing when you're a GM, especially in today's day and age with the salary cap when players are coming and going. Uh, you can't make it personal. You know, you just got to explain to guys the decisions you're making, why they're making them. They might not like them all the time, 
but you just got to explain, you know, it's business. It's not personal. And I think that's one of the downfalls with Mark Bergevin is that he's made too many things personal. And there's been a lot of ugly endings here, you know, with uh, Pacioretty and, and, and others uh, who left on bad terms. Uh, so and Andre Markov. So uh, Matthew Darsh, I, I'm a big fan of Matthew Darsh as far as uh, his abilities to be a GM of the Canadians. Uh, I'm a big fan as well, for sure. I echo a lot of your sentiments. Um uh, in terms of checking all the boxes, that would be difficult, though, right? Though, because it's true that he is hands-on and he does a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the whole GM thing out of the way because none of the candidates have ever been a general manager in the National Hockey League. Um, but um, there are, of course, some facets. Uh, he's never been behind the bench. Not that it has to be a prerequisite, but, it, I mean, it's something that Mark Bergevin has right now, that he was an assistant coach at one point. I think it can help. Uh, in terms of scouting, he was in charge of the, uh, the, the the Syracuse Crunch at one point, so there was some scouting there, um, maybe less so at the amateur level where you have Al Murray and his team, but definitely uh, a candidate that does check a lot of boxes and has learned a lot over the last couple of years for sure. Pierre Maguire. Uh, he wouldn't be on my list. Uh, I was surprised when the Ottawa Senators hired him, actually. It was the owner who hired him, not the GM, which was sort of surprising the way the announcement came. Uh, with Pierre Maguire, uh, there's people around the NHL who like him, and there's people around the NHL who really don't like him. Uh, and I think that can be uh, – I, I don't think that's a good thing when you're a GM and you're dealing with other people around the league. Uh, nobody's going to like no, – nobody's liked by everybody in the world. Um, but I think so much of, of being a GM is building relationships – and uh, dealing with those relationships, whether it be players or uh, GMs or, or, or whatnot. And I think back to when McGuire was uh, fired as uh, coach of the Hartford Whalers and the Hartford current columnist at the time wrote a, a column that was one of the biggest hatchet jobs I've ever read on somebody losing a job and players quoted on the record about what they didn't like about Pierre McGuire. Uh, so I just think, I think there's, he wouldn't be my pick, put it that way. I just think there's uh uh, he obviously knows the game. He knows players around the league. He knows you know, he's seen every team in the league uh, in his broadcast position that he's yeah. had. Uh, but he wouldn't be he wouldn't be at the top of my list uh, for the job. And I was I was surprised he got the job he did in Ottawa. Uh, nothing personally against Pierre Maguire. I just you know when you talk with people around the league, he's what he's as I said. He, there's people who like him and there's people who really don't like him. And uh, I don't know if that's the best type of person you want as your GM of your team. I think Pierre was out of hockey for a long time, albeit he was in hockey, because obviously it's probably uh, hard to name people that watched more games uh, than he actually worked. Uh, so he was in hockey, but outside of hockey, didn't have a position within the National Hockey League. Um, uh, you know, I think he's going to do great in, with uh, hockey development with uh, the Ottawa Senators. Um, I just, I think he, you know, in, in terms of... Um, you know, he's definitely a guy that I think you have to interview. There's there's a wealth of experience there. We know that he was uh, a candidate the last time around for the Montreal Canadiens, and um, and he came close. Uh, so he does check off a lot of boxes because here's a guy who was, uh, who does have experience as a general manager in the National Hockey League. You talked about with Hartford. Uh, as a coach in the National Hockey League, assistant coach in the National Hockey League, uh, there's that experience there. Uh, there's experience in terms of scouting because he was hands-on uh, in terms of scouting as well. So he does check a lot of boxes, and he is bilingual, and he does know what the, the culture and the history of the Montreal Canadiens. Marinero, he's Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. You can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICK15 
for 15% off on all of their items. Back to the candidates after having talked about Pat Brisson, Martin Brodard, Matthew Darsh, Pierre Maguire. We move on to Stefan Quintal. Just one last thing on Pierre Maguire. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up as the next GM of the Senators. The fact that he was hired by the owner. Good call. He was almost hired as the GM in waiting if things don't yeah. work with the rebuild. So I could see that. I think it's much more likely for Pierre Maguire to be the next GM of the Ottawa Senators. Where, uh, if I can, Stu, if memory yeah. serves me well, the general manager there, Pierre Dorian, is in the final year of his contract, I believe. And the job that he's done in Ottawa is not unanimous either. And Pierre knows Ottawa because he worked for the Senators before. There's a good call by you. Very good call. On to Stefan Quintal. I... I'm sure Stefan Kittel would love the job as GM of the Canadians, former player. Obviously, he's been involved in the NHL head office. He was in charge of uh, a player safety department for a while. Uh, he has a business background also. Uh, hasn't been around. The, you haven't heard about him being around the game as much uh, recently. Um, no, the, the language factor always comes in. So anybody who is bilingual and has the, the, you know, the background that he has, uh, both as a player and, and as I said, as, having worked in the NHL head office, he'd be aware of how the league itself operates. Uh, but he would be down on my list. He wouldn't be at the top of it. Uh, but I could definitely understand why he would be a candidate. And I also am 99% certain it's a job he would jump at if uh, Jeff Molson was ever to offer it to him. I bet you Patrick Waugh would jump at the job as well. Uh, it was, what, several months ago that we saw Neil Glasberg Uh, who represents coaches, um, send out a tweet saying that he now represents or he works with Patrick Roy with the goal of trying to get Patrick back in the National Hockey League. Patrick Roy would definitely be a popular choice in Montreal. Does he check the boxes, Stu? Well, he doesn't. That tweet from his, the agent that came out came at a time when the Canadians were really struggling this season too, although the agent said that was just you know, that had nothing to do with the timing. But... Uh, it certainly created uh, a lot of news when, when it did come out. And uh, speaking with the agent after I wrote a column about it, and he was saying, you know, Patrick, I said, do you want to get back as a GM or as a coach? And he said, either. He says, we're not closing the doors on anything. Uh, you know, the Canes obviously turned their season around, and, and Mark Bergeron kept his job, and they went to Stanley Cup final, etc. But it's interesting that no other teams came calling for Patrick Waugh. Or if they did, we didn't, you know, didn't get any other jobs. Um, so he's still sitting there. He'd love to get back in. As I mentioned before about Mark Bergeron being emotion, too emotional sometimes, <laughs> Patrick was always emotional. Uh, it would be fun to watch if he was GM of the Canadians. You could see him blowing a gasket and going into the locker room and throwing sticks and stuff around and going crazy. You remember him behind the bench in Colorado when he was trying to beat down the uh, glass partition between the two boards to get to the other team's coach. Uh, it would be entertaining. Uh, you know, Patrick has the experience of, uh, you know, obviously a Hall of Fame player, Uh, coaching in the NHL, uh, you know, been a GM and, and coach at the junior level, uh, knows the younger players. But um, from a PR standpoint, if Jeff Molson was looking to, I don't know how many people buy tickets because of a GM, but it would certainly make big news if he did hire Patrick Waugh. But I'd be surprised if he did just because I, I don't think Jeff Molson wants that, uh, uh, the possibility of Patrick Waugh blowing up and blowing a gasket. And also the way, you know, The way things ended for Patrick Roy with the Canadians wasn't uh, wasn't very good. Uh, that could factor into it also. Um, so Patrick Roy, I mean, he definitely qualified to do it, and it would definitely be fun if he was GM to to, to see what would happen. Uh, but I'd be surprised if Jeff Molson hired Patrick Roy to be GM of the Canadians. Nine years as general manager with the Montreal Canadiens. I'm talking about Mark Bergevin. 
a Stanley Cup final, assistant general manager with the Chicago Blackhawks, a couple of Stanley Cups, assistant coach, experience in scouting, bilingual, from La Belle Provence, knows the history, knows the culture, uh, GM of the year finalist, finished second. I believe Mark Bergevin has done a very good job. Uh, I believe in the last three years, Mark Bergevin has done a great job of um, adding assets to the team and with asset management. Uh, I think he's a great evaluator of talent. I believe that Mark Bergevin, as we speak right now, I believe that Mark Bergevin, Stu, will be back as the general manager with the Montreal Canadiens. But I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised by his answer. So to answer the question that we have here, if Mark Bergevin, and that's a big if, is not back as general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, who will be the next GM, in your opinion, Stu? And is it anyone that we didn't talk about? Well, if it was me making the hiring and me making the decision, Matthew Darsh would be my guy um, because he's in the game now. I mean, he's he's he's. You know, look what Tampa Bay's done with the salary cap, work around it, uh, you know, playing above the cap in the playoffs this year, winning the Stanley Cup. But the moves they've made during the offseason, Tampa Bay is still going to be a favorite to win the Stanley Cup next year. Uh, this is a really good hockey team that's been built. And Matthew Darsh has been right there as a right-hand man to Julian Breezeball, watching everything that's going on. And as I mentioned earlier, he's been in – He's in, Darsh told me he's involved in everything that – Julian Brizwa involves him in everything that he's doing, every aspect of the game. So he understands things from top to bottom. This would be like an assistant GM with the Canadians going back to their glory days, learning under, you know, I'm not saying that Julian Brizwa is Sam Pollock, but I'm just saying that in today's game, you have to, I thought he should have been GM of the year this year. He's done a remarkable job with that Tampa franchise on and off the ice. Players want to go there. Obviously the, the weather has part to do with that and the no taxes, but it's also because it's a good, damn good hockey team. Uh, and a fun place to play. So for me, if, if it was me making the pick, Matthew Darsh would be at the top of, the, uh, of my list because of his recent involvement. Um, the, the fact, as I mentioned, he's such a calm guy, business background, hockey background, respected by everybody. Like I said, I don't know if there's anybody who doesn't respect uh, uh, Matthew Darsh, the career he had, just that alone. I mean, you know, guy who played for the McGill Redmen, little chance of ever playing in the NHL, bounced around the minors forever, became an NHL player. Uh, business background. So he, he would be at the top of my list. I'm not sure if he's at the top of Jeff Molson's list, but I think he would have to be very high uh, uh, near the top of Jeff Molson's list just because of the, 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 I think he would be, it would be sort of a calming influence as a GM of the team. I think he, he's, he's uh, he wouldn't have the blowups that you might see with a, with a Patrick Waugh, for example. And he wouldn't be, uh, let's talk about Pierre Maguire. He wouldn't be a, sort of a polarizing figure either. He would be uh uh, more of a button-down GM for the Montreal Canadiens, and I think that's what Jeff Molson would prefer to have. Although Mark Bergevin is as far from a, he started off as a button-down GM, but you know now with his the hair and the, the sleeve tattoos and everything else, he's sort of become the, the, more of the modern-day GM. But uh, as I said, Matthew Darsh would be at the top of my list. Pat Brisson, way too good at what he does. Wakes makes uh, has a lot of clients and has a lot of money. Incredibly successful. I don't think he needs to be a general manager. Uh, so I think he'll stay doing what he does. Martin Bradar, um, I don't know if he would want the pressures of being the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. I do think he'd want to be maybe a president of hockey ops or something like that, but not so much the GM. 
Pierre Maguire, as far as he and the Montreal Canadiens, I think that ship has sailed. And I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up being the next general manager of the Ottawa Centers. Stefan Quintel, Department of Player Safety for me, is not enough experience as much as he may want the job. Patrick Waugh, I think, may want to be the one-man show, and I'm not so sure that Patrick will be inclusive. Uh, I don't think Jeff Molson would be much of the decision-making. Uh, I don't think a lot of stuff would be done as a team, whereas right now it is. I do believe Matthew Darsh would be that team guy. I believe he has a good relationship with Jeff Molson. I believe, based on some reports, he's got a good relationship with John Sedgwick. With When he started out, he actually talked to John Sedgwick and got some advice in terms of cap-related issues. Who doesn't like Matthew Darsh? Everyone does. He doesn't have a ton of experience granted, but he does have a couple of Stanley Cups in a couple of seasons and is learning a lot on the job under Julian Breezeball. The thing I would like to see, Stu, is this. If, Montreux, if Mark Bergevin already knows that he's not going to be back after this season, wouldn't it be a good idea to maybe go out and get a Matthew Darsh right now so that he learns under Bergevin as well as having learned under Brisebois, but he ends up being familiar with the players that are here, the cap situation here, um, you know, anything that he needs to know about the Canadians, a little bit of shadowing, a little bit of getting familiar with everything that's Canadians. Wouldn't that be a good idea? It would make sense. And it's possible. I mean, we're only in August. Uh, yeah. On vacation this month, most of, I'm sure Mark Bergevin, I think most GMs right now are, on a beach somewhere after this crazy season that it's been taking some time off. I think once September rolls around late August, early September, I think we might see some more things happening again, leading up to the start of training camp. So there's nothing to say that that won't happen between now and the, and the start of the season it would be a very good idea. Yeah. But again, I'm sure, you know, Jeff Molson has backed Mark Bergevin. I think a lot of gems wouldn't have survived as long as Mark Bergevin has in Montreal with an owner other than Jeff Molson. You were talking about the, the job Mark Bergevin has done. I break it down to Bergevin 1.0 and Bergevin 2.0. Uh, you know, after it was three years ago when they finished 28th or whatever, and he said the biggest problem was a bad attitude in the room. And you're thinking, well, you're the guys who brought all these guys in the room. So if the attitude's bad, that's on you. I thought he should have been fired then. Uh, Jeff Molson didn't fire him. And since then, Mark Bergevin 2.0 has done a fantastic job. Uh, the players he's brought in, uh, not giving up youth, not giving up, uh, you know, kept draft picks, kept prospects, never really gave up anything. Picked up guys here and there. Um, I think this offseason has been difficult. I mean, it's hard to replace Shea Weber. It's hard to replace Philip Dano. It's hard to replace the guys that they've lost. And Carey Price coming off a knee, in, knee yeah. surgery, I don't know what it's going to be like. So Mark Bergeron 2.0 has done a, a really good job of putting the Canadians in the situation they are now. But they just went to the Stanley Cup final. They still have their, you know, they still have their top young players. They still have their top young prospects. Uh, the future is looking brighter for this team. Uh, I think they need to do more heading into next season or it's going to be a struggle for them to get into the playoffs. Um, but you know, he's done a, Mark Bergeron 2.0 has done a really good job. And again, I think if he is on a yeah. beach, maybe after two weeks off or three weeks on a beach and yeah. back, maybe with uh, feeling, you know, like we all do, right? Sometimes you get burnt out in your job, you're tired, you're yeah. going, you, you, know, it's, uh, you know, you come back two weeks later after two weeks on a beach and you say, okay, let's go. I'm ready to go again. And maybe that's going to be the case with him. And maybe, We'll hear an announcement before uh, early in September about him signing an extension. All right. So do you agree with me that if Mark Bergevin wants to be back, he will be back as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens? I, I, I totally believe that. I mean, All right. And should he not return, you heard it here, Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette and Tony Marinero, the SICK Podcast, we both tell you that 
Should he not be back? That Mark Bur- uh, uh, Matthew Dash will be the next GM of the Montreal Canadiens. You talked about guys on a beach. You're enjoying your summer vacation as well. Have one of these, my friend. Cherry River, hard seltzer, only 90 calories. Natural flavors, no preservatives. Do now available in Quebec groceries and at the beer store. Salute. Tasty stuff. Have a good day, Tony. Thank you. Stu Cowan. See you. It's a sick podcast. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app and follow us on all social media platforms. The Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.